Hi, I'm Kelsey Harrison, and this is the Get Wild Podcast, where each episode we dig into ways to reclaim your most wild and authentic self. Welcome to the Get Wild Podcast. This is Kelsey, and I am here with Maya. Now I just forgot the correct pronunciation of your last name. (laughs) Basic. Basic, not basic, basic. Um, (laughs) And she is a yoga teacher and a purposeful living coach. She helps women feel into their magic. I love that. (laughs) And craft and experience their lives in alignment with the rhythms of the seasons and the lunar cycles so that they can hustle less, flow more, and create more impact and fulfillment in their lives, businesses, and their relationships. Cool stuff. So Maya, why don't you just go ahead and say anything I missed, where you're from, how you got into this purposeful living coaching business, Um, just a little background info on you. Awesome. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to spend some time chatting with you. Um, So yeah, I'm Maya. I'm from Baltimore and I'm living in Baltimore right now. Um, And let's see, I think the umbrella sort of like covering all that I teach and hold space for and guide is this umbrella practice of coming home to yourself. So um, my background like long ago is in dance. I grew up as a dancer. I went to college for dance. I spent a decade teaching dance. And so there is this um, really special place in my heart for um movement as medicine for the mind and body and soul. And so that's sort of like the, um, now that's turned into the on the mat yoga that I teach. And I think of my purposeful living coaching business really as an off the mat yoga practice. So um, I think about teaching um, women how to access themselves and how to live on purpose. And the reason why I'm so passionate about teaching this is because um, I sort of had this major, not sort of, I had this major reset in my life um, in 2019. Um, And I don't know if you or any of your listeners are familiar with the tarot, but I think of it as like a tower moment um, where like I had to kind of burn it all to the ground because the foundation was just so structurally unsound. So that sort of looked like spending my 20s um, looking for myself in like really wrong places and being in a lot of really misaligned relationships and um, teaching dance, teaching yoga, actually not liking teaching yoga, which was so interesting when I first started teaching like 10 years ago, I was like, nope, don't like this, never going to do it again. And I was teaching (laughs) dance and and loving it and I loved my girls and um but there was this like there is definitely something more than this um like sort of nudge that turned into this really really loud yelling signal like there is more than this um and I didn't listen to it and um mid 2019 I was getting ready to move across the country for a 
relationship that was just so wrong for me and sort of like in this attempt to like reset and I thought the only way to reset was to leave and to like change my circumstance and um and like a month before I was supposed to go I just froze up and was like I can't do this but I had already um broken my lease at my apartment I had already quit my dance teaching jobs um and so and I had no money because I was like for all of my 20s living paycheck to paycheck and so I really had to like be humbled and move back in with my parents and like completely reset everything that I was doing. And that's when I decided to go back to teaching yoga full time, start my yoga and coaching business. Um, And I've been able to, over the last year and a half, just like build from scratch, following little sparks of what lit me up um, to this thriving business and this thriving life. And so I'm super passionate about um, giving people and holding space for people to do the same, to really reset and like step into a life that feels crafted and designed by them. That's awesome. So that's, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Um, (laughs) Thank you for sharing, first of all. Um, wow. So you keep saying 20s. So are you, in, are you 30 at this point? Or? I'm 31. Okay. Yeah. Um, does it, does your 20s self feel like a whole different person to you at this point? Totally. And I think about that a lot. It's like, I almost can't even, she feels so far away. Like I almost have a hard time connecting with her, um, mm-hmm. that version of me, because I feel like I feel like such a different person now. And I also think about that in like the people who I've met over the last year and a half sort of like think this is just who I've always been. Um, And it's, and it's not, I feel, I feel like there's, there's like a very, um, a former self of me that like I hold so dearly and I love her so much. And I just feel light years away from her at this point. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, obviously we wouldn't want to go back to those versions of our former selves because we've evolved from them, but we have to love and appreciate them even when they weren't pretty and when they were messy and hard and stupid, you know, (laughs) just not, not thinking um, like for me and past versions of myself, but I have to love and value her as well um, because she has created who I am today. Right, exactly. Um, I also, I love that you said you had a nudge that (laughs) turned into a loud yelling and that you just didn't listen. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I think about that a lot. I mean, and I sort of like see other people do it too. Like my clients and my friends, it's like, they know the answer, right? It's like, we, we know all the answers. All of us do. We have everything we need and we know all of the answers, but there's this piece of like stepping into a trust in that. Um, I almost kind of like remember these, like, you know, this isn't for you nudges or yells and me being like, shut up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like to my intuition (laughs) and, um, and over time, just like following those nudges has built up such a trust in that voice. And so now I'm like, yeah, like 
intuition or universe or whatever it is that you sort of believe in, like, yep, like I'm yours, you know? Yeah. How do you help people if they have a nudge, but how, how can you tell the difference between a nudge that is your intuition guiding you and fear mm. showing up? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's such a great question. I think that the message comes from a different place. Like if you really tune in and, and it's interesting because sometimes intuition and fear can say the same thing, right? Like they can say, you know, like, don't do this. Like this isn't, this isn't for you. And when it comes from our intuition, it's from one place. When it comes from fear, it's sort of like, it, it kind of feels like it comes from a higher up energy center. Like it comes from your, your head and the voice is a little bit sharper and louder. Um, and there's usually mm -hmm. some sort of um, connection to the past in it. Like you haven't been able to do this in the past or like people say that this isn't possible. And when it comes from our intuition, I almost feel it like lower in my body. Like I feel it in that sacral chakra, low belly place or heart. And, um, and it's a soft voice and it's like a kinder voice. Um, and there is no sort of, um, yeah, there is no sort of comparing to the past or, or laying up against what might be probable. Um, and so I think it takes a lot of just sitting with yourself. Um, I love the practice of just like sitting and putting one hand over your heart and one hand over your belly and just leaving some space to listen. Um, and so you can start to get familiar with what that voice sounds like so that even when you aren't still and sitting there and like, you know, searching for listening for it, you can still hear it because you know, sort of you know what it sounds like and you know what it feels like to sort of have a conversation with it. Yeah. I like that. I, I've um, recently my partner and I are just doing counseling because we like to do things like that. <laughs> and um, the counselor we picked, she's like a life coach at the same time and she's an emotional based therapist. And every time we get into like a discussion we've had or a miscommunication what we then get into is the first thing she asks is where we feel it in our bodies physically mm. and it's been huge for us because otherwise we get stuck in this cycle of going back and forth and instead once we drop into where we feel it in our bodies and then it's finding the root emotion that it comes from of is it fear or is it you know, what is it? Um, then it's like, we're all of a sudden, like, seeing things clearly. And it's the same for us personally, like, and I need to do better at sitting with my body. I'm <laughs> very, very pitta, very on all the time. And I need to definitely tap in more um, to that practice, which is a beautiful, beautiful gift that it sounds like you have and you incorporate into your coaching. Yeah, I start all my coaching calls with like five minutes of, of doing just that, of dropping in and breathing and sort of arriving because I feel like we don't do that a lot. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. unless we are in the habit of or prompted to um, be still on purpose or breathe on purpose, we don't do it. And so that's why I'm, I'm, 
you know, I think there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of business advice about like niching down and only teaching and doing one thing. And I have decided like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do teaching yoga and coaching because I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, yoga is this great space for dropping into and connecting with our body. And unless we're doing that, um, it can get really like brainy, like really caught up in, in the thinking mind. Um, and so there's this big piece of like, you are your body and your brain, you are thinking and feeling you are, um, action and allowing that I like to incorporate into what I teach. Yeah. And I think that's funny. It's like, everybody's telling you to niche down (laughs) and you're doing the opposite. Um, (laughs) a friend of I, a friend and I were having a conversation yesterday about other people's opinions Mm. and, he was like, how interesting would it be if every time you made a decision, you posted like an Instagram poll and then <laughs> went off of like the majority vote? Like what what in the world would your life look like? And, you know, I feel as though I operate in the same way of that decision making. Oftentimes I don't ask for opinions, but I do the opposite of what the norm is. Mm-hmm. It ends up being. And I think like a lot of the people that, that I speak to on here and that are in the sort of community we're in like to operate in that same way for the most part. And it's, it's just an interesting concept of, you know, you, you don't create magical, magnificent lives by doing what everyone tells you to do. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, we could do what, the norm or like the majority vote is but do we want to live like that like chances are no and so you're gonna have to sort of at some point or at multiple points take a stand for like I know that everybody's saying this um but I'm gonna go with with what I feel yeah and it's scary it's terrifying sometimes because yeah because there's also the thought of if I fail and everyone told me to do the opposite, then like, how foolish do I look? Um, But once again, that's just a thought. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, no one really cares what the heck anyone does with their lives. (laughs) Right. I heard something once that was like, um, you're not, where did I even hear this? It was, you're not scared of failing. You're scared of having them see you fail. And so if we just sort of like take that part away from it and realize like kind of nobody's, nobody cares, right? Like nobody's paying that close attention. Um, And, and then we, we can just sort of show up for ourselves rather than having it be like this performative, performative thing, which is really hard. I think that's challenging now on Instagram and, you know, a lot of us are are building our businesses on social media, which is so fantastic. Um, and it helps us reach so many people. And at the same time, there is that sort of like risk of everything being a performance. Um, and, and this like, and you know, I'm guilty of it too. It's like, I love the filters with like the sparkles everywhere and everything, but like everything does feel kind of filtered or, or we run the risk of everything being pretty, pretty filtered and performative and um 
And that's again, why it's like, oh, just so good to come back to your body and your breath and be like, what, what is happening right now, right here? And, um, and yeah, like who, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like if people see you fail or if they think whatever they think, like, what do, what do you think about yourself? And that's the only thing that really matters is like being, be you being good with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it shows up on our yoga mats too, which is, you know, one thing I feel like personally, I always am like, Oh, it shows up in your practice, but it, <laughs> it's so true because uh, I remember when I first started doing yoga, I was very worried about what my practice looked like on the outside. Mm. Um, and now I'm at a point where like, sometimes I like literally will take a nap 30 minutes in I'm just Shavasana halfway through <laughs> a power class or, um, and, and it's, people do, they get so caught up in their heads of, I, like I teach sculpt classes. Oh, I can't, I can't drop my weights because there's other people in here mm. and, or I can't whatever. Um, and so like one of the things I do in my class and I did it last night is I turn off all the lights during our cardio song and I just make everyone dance for the whole time. I love that. So and, <laughs> and, and the first couple times, like if like people haven't been in my class, they're like, this is weird. They're so uncomfortable and it's I almost like train my classes to where like they dance and they don't care and I'm like everyone is so focused on breathing and themselves no one is looking at what you're doing at all and it is just true in the rest of every other area in our life um we're just focused on ourselves like we couldn't really care less what everyone else is doing and that's the same for how other people look at us right I love that you do that so much. And <laughs> I think that one of the reasons why I love yoga and am so in love with my practice and teaching yoga is like, we get to practice all this stuff, you know, on our mat, but it, it shows up elsewhere. Like our mat is just sort of where we get to see our patterns and like, see even how we speak to ourselves, and, and then take sort of like those learnings if we're willing to learn and we are students mm -hmm. always take those learnings off the mat and it's like I think I asked my class last night like okay so you learn this stuff about yourself like now what would it look like to embody and incorporate those learnings in the rest of your life yeah actually implement it off the mat totally yeah so how did you find coaching you were at this mm -hmm lower point in your life right living at your parents had you had a coach before or what did you just get one at that point how did you fall into the career of coaching yeah so it was at that point where I sort of like leveled my life like I call it like I like totally bull in a china shop to my life um <laughs> in the summer of 2019 and and that was when um I got my first coach I actually remember I was out in Nevada where it, I was supposed to move and I had just decided like there to break up with my boyfriend. I'd started moving stuff into his place and I like went back and I got my stuff and I was sitting in the airport um, and luckily some of my friends were with me and I opened my Facebook and um, this friend and mentor and woman who I've been connected with and following for a while had like a Facebook post up 
about her coaching. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. And so that was just a two month thing, I think. Um, And it wasn't business coaching. It was life coaching. Um, But it totally shifted so much for me. And um, I had been, you know, coaching and therapy are obviously two very different things. And I think Mm -hmm. there is a space for therapy and it, right? Like I want to protect what that is and hold space for what that is. And I had been in therapy all my life and had more progress in my two months with this coach, her name's Sam Harvey, than I had like in, in my whole twenties in therapy. Um, and it was just like, I think people come to coaching. I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Like, I think people come to coaching when they're like, can somebody kind of just like call me on my bullshit already? Like, can somebody (laughs) take a stand? And so I had those two months with her that changed a lot, sort of like got me in the direction of like, yes, I do want to make yoga my career. Um, but I had no idea how, and my mind drama drama was like so loud. And, um, I had been connected with, um, Jackie Murphy, now Murphy, for a while. And I had been like watching her on Instagram. I was like, I know I'm going to work with her at some point. Like I know, you know, she's the yoga boss coach. I know I'm going to work with her at some point. Um, But it was in the very beginning of January of last year that I actually like took the leap and started working with her. And I'm still working with her. And I just think, I just think coaching is such a beautiful, um, practice and experience and it's changing so many people's lives I mean it's just like blown up over the past few years and I think it's absolutely deserving of that because there's something about the format and something about the um you know it's like you have the answers like I'm just going to hold space for and sort of like direct you towards figuring that out on your own and also hold you accountable for showing up as your best self like I'm not going to listen to or believe in when you say you're small or you can't do this. Like I'm going to take a stand for this highest um, version of you. I think there's, there's so much value in that um, on both ends. And so I'm like, yep, I will always be coached and I will always be a coach. And I think it's really important to be doing both, right? Like students should be teacher or teachers should be students and coaches (laughs) should be coached. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I, that's how it sort of unfolded into where I am now, a year in my business, a year plus. Yes. Heck yeah. I, I completely agree about the therapy statement. I have been in therapy four different times. Um, this is the fifth, but like I specifically sought out, she's a therapist and a life coach. And so that mix is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um And I also agree, but like the way I view it is therapy is like past. You're going to deal with, with stuff that is, you need to dig into and sort through and coaching is future based and present. Um, It's like where you want to be, how you're going to get there and what you're going to do right now to do it. Um, And it is powerful. It's, it's funny because for me a few years ago, when coaching kind of started popping up I was like I don't buy into this stuff (laughs) (laughs) like I I was like who are these people to call themselves a coach and like what what is this what do they do you know 
and some of them were even my friends. Um, and this was just like my like raw and honest thoughts. And then, um, wonderful Jackie Skinner (laughs) slash Murphy was my, my manager and my trained me in, in yoga. Um, and one of my closest friends to this day. Um, and you know, and so then she, she informed me on what it really is. And I was like, okay, this is cool stuff. And I did her like pilot program. That was like, right when she was in the middle of her training still. And, you know, I just, it's, it's funny how years ago I was like, I would never pay for that. And I'm like, here I am paying for paying it. Paying like big bucks <laughs> it, for it. Yeah. And it works. And it's incredible the changes that happen and when someone does call you out on your bullshit and when someone is real and honest with you um yeah powerful stuff happens yeah for absolutely. sure and I just think it's so cool to like I mean see it in my life and my clients lives and you know like people who I know who are getting coached by other coaches like to see this sort of collective like oh, I'm a badass, like waking up to this fact that like, I'm a badass, I'm enough, I have all the answers and like, oh, I, I can do whatever it is that I say I want to do. Um, and there's mm-hmm. this shift from like living, like you said, in the past and sort of like in probability and safety and what's realistic and what's been done to, you know, a bunch of people waking up to like, oh, I can do something new it doesn't really matter what's been done I can do something new and different and like fully aligned and crafted and curated by me and that's um so magical and powerful I think yeah um so I took part in your wonderful seasonal mapping workshop and it was awesome I actually have like a one of your pages um like up on my my board with all my sticky notes of all the stuff I have in front of my desk. Um, and I, I just wanted you to give a quick brief, like summary if possible of what your seasonal mapping and how that works. Because for me, it was, it's, it's been pretty life-changing for right now. Um, like, because I'm a go, go, go. And, you know, recognizing that there are seasons for everything and that winter is fine to chill out Kelsey (laughs) like it's massive for me because my right now is like my slow season and I am working like 25 to 30 hours a week and then teaching my classes but like normally I would be beating myself up about my four-day weeks um so just if you could just give a brief little like what what that looks like for people who have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Totally. I would love to. And I love that um, you still have that paper up. Um, and I'm with you on the 25-hour winter work weeks, and I'm, like, loving it so much. But, um, okay, so the seasonal mapping idea, let's see. I'm going to backtrack a little bit and talk about – so. Everything in our natural world, right, the seasons, the life cycle of everything, the sort of development cycle of any sort of creative project, the lunar cycle, and um, 
women's hormonal cycles, they all follow the same blueprint and flow through the same four distinct phases. And I think the easiest way to sort of understand these phases is if you sort of live like in in a place with the four seasons, you can understand like it's winter, spring, summer, and fall. And there's distinct energies that accompany each of these seasons. Um, and that aligns with new moon, first quarter, full moon, last quarter. And we um, can like go on with all, with all the different things that follow this blueprint. Everything follows this blueprint. And so the idea of seasonal mapping is a new way to plan out your year um, and specifically approach this idea of New Year's resolutions um, in a way that allows for a flow and a balance of yin and yang energies or, um, you know, being and doing action and allowing and sort of what most people do, especially in our hustle culture is it's like January 1 and we have all these goals, we're going to hit the ground running and like change and add a bunch of stuff right in January. And what happens is um, there are only 8% of people who set New Year's resolutions in January that actually see them through till the end of December. So obviously that doesn't work for us. And it doesn't work for us because it totally steamrolls over our nature. And so to um, practice rhythmic living in the seasonal mapping way, we sort of Think about aligning, breaking our year down into the seasons and aligning our energy and our tasks and what work looks like and what we're producing or not producing with the energy of the four seasons. So like um, for me, my big winter project was like a step back behind the scenes um, branding work. So I like worked on my website, I redid my website, and um, I'm working less. And I'm just sort of like, letting letting ideas percolate in winter so that in spring, I'm totally refreshed and renewed and have the energy to take those ideas and like actually build something with them. So the way that the four seasons line up or like the energy of the four seasons is um, winter is rest and renew spring is development and action summer is connection and receptivity and then fall is um, completion and surrender and so we get to actually like flow with nature it's this connection of like i said at the beginning coming home to ourselves because we are we are part of the natural world and so coming home to our connection to nature um, is one of the beautiful um, things that comes from seasonal mapping Awesome. That, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And it's so true. Like, it's like, we think we need to be in the, the go, go, go all the time. Yeah. And all that it's going to do is lead to a burnout. Right. It's unintentional action. And we think that we need to be in the go, go, go all the time, because like, that's what we're told. So let's just like, you know, come right out and say like, that's the messaging from everywhere. And I listened to mm -hmm. your episode on being first doing the other day. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you were talking about like, was it you? I don't know. I obviously like listen to stuff about this all the time, but like the romanticizing <laughs> of hustle, it's like married to the hustle. is yeah. this like thing that people um, put on a pedestal and like pride themselves on. And it's just, um, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. 
and uh, there's so much beauty and magic in like stillness and allowing. And when we are going and hustling, it's like our eyes are down, like vision is tunneled and we don't get to see, you know, the, the beauty around us. Um, and that's, that's no way to live. Yeah. That episode was inspired after, right after oh, your yay. workshop, actually. Um, <laughs> and I, I started forcing myself to lean more into the being. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm not good at being still. Um, and it's something I'm definitely working on. Um, so what, what do you have like daily practices that help you to tune into the, the being side of things and the restful side? Totally. Um, my morning routine, if I do it all, which I almost always make space for it is like two and two and a half hours of, um, <laughs> and I'm like, how badass is it? But like, I make a schedule where I can do that. But so I start my day with like stillness. I've started um, recently adding just like I, I wake up, the alarm goes off, sit up in bed, turn the light on next to my bed and, and don't get out of bed yet. Like I just sit up and I look around my room and like, I've got plants everywhere. So it's oftentimes like <laughs> saying good morning to my plants and just like, wow, like here I am, here's a new day. Like, let's take a second to get my energy calibrated with the energy of the day before I just like, you know, there's this feeling I think of like, you wake up and you're already late, right? And so it's like, before we step into all that we need to do, like, let's just be for a second in the day and like adjust our eyes to daylight. Um, so that is a big practice. I spend a lot of time in, in meditation and in reflection. Um, and that's not something that I always did. Like I spoke about sort of like pre pre thirties me, like being with myself was horrible. Like it was excruciating, um, being still with myself because it was just like such, such a mean place in my mind. And that's not the case now. And so I like absolutely indulge in moments of stillness and, and just being, and, um, and then getting out in nature too is really, I live, like I said, in Baltimore. So we do get the four seasons and this winter in particular is like actually snowy, which is so beautiful. And I've been for most of my life, like a, you know, summer only, like everything else, but summer sucks kind of girl. And now it's, it's like, well, no, there's like actually, there's actually beauty in like the, the naked trees and, you know, the sort of like beigey landscape and, and I connect with the energy of winter by actually getting out, like bundling up and sitting out on the porch, just like I would in summer, you know, not bundled up, um, but breathing the cool air and like there's still sunlight. And so I think the more we're in nature, the more we're reminded of like, oh, I know how to do this. Like, this is how I was, you know, born to exist in the world. And we did as humans used to exist so seasonally. And it was such a sacred practice. Um, and so there is a, like, let's peel back the layers and conditioning that we've been taught that our value is our production and that we do have to go, go, go. And just remember what it feels like to be like a natural being in the natural world. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. It's funny how we do, we like the, the, 
the thought of summer, summer only is like something I've always used to have as well. And it is a societal impression that has been put on us. And like it, it, society puts so much onto us that we don't even realize. Like the thought that winter and being cold is not great is is only because of society. We want to be comfortable. We want to be in our homes with our heat comfortable and forcing that discomfort or accepting it, I should say, um, of sitting outside when it's cold and when you normally wouldn't want to. It's it's like you're teaching yourself that it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to do things that are harder and not not the norm. And it's 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 as small as that, as small as sitting outside bundled up, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. We can do hard things. And I thought the other day, I've been, you know, again, I said this with therapy and I want to say this like with mental health and um, medication for mental health, like there is a place for that. And I want to hold that as you know, protect that. There is a place for that. And I've been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder um, or seasonal depression. And I'm, I'm on depression medication. And it just hit me like a couple weeks ago, like, how wild is it that we call being affected by the seasons a disorder? It's called seasonal affective disorder. Like, how, how wild yeah. is it that it's something that we are taught is wrong, something to be fixed, something to be medicated and numbed out so that we're what, not affected by the seasons? Like that seems so, so crazy to me. And so there is a bit of like, all right, like this is what we're taught and this is what most people are thinking and doing. And like, we have to take a stand for a new paradigm, like a new way of existing where being affected by the seasons is actually something so magical, not something to be fixed or medicated. Yeah, it's, we are, we're numbing Mm -hmm. so much and getting out of touch is what came to mind when you said that it's like, we're out of touch with what it, what it's like to feel. Um, And, you know, the sad seasonal affective, affective, the seasonal (laughs) affective disorder um, is, it's very common. I mean, I'm from Ohio. It's like, gloomy town up there and you know it's it can be tough but the reality is it's like that's the time we need to hibernate and we need to rest and we need to tune in and I think that when we get real with those emotions and when we almost like embrace them and lean into them they don't hold as much power over us Mm -hmm. anymore yes right I think there's like that saying like whatever you resist persists and so I think mm-hmm. that's, that's it. It's like, yeah, what if we just like lean into it? Like, what if it were easier? What if we weren't forcing so much or, you know, like trying to fit this um, sort of like fit in this mold of the way we should exist in the world, which is constant output. Like, what if we, what if we just rested? And I think the the great thing about winter, which I'm kind of just learning, to be honest, is unless we feel into winter, the other seasons that follow don't operate as they should, or maybe they do, but we're constantly pushing up against resistance. And so winter rests and renew, taking a step back is most often overlooked because of its inherent lack of production, but it's actually like what allows everything else to 
happen as it should. And production is great, right? Like action and doing and fire energy, that is great. And there is sort of like a prerequisite for it, which is like, are we well rested and tended to and nourished first before we show up and try and do and produce and go? Yeah. And it shows up so many different ways in nature, um, more than just in the seasons, but also just and I went to school for environmental cool. science. So my brain went to like a forest fire yes. and the fact that everything has to be destroyed before things can come up. And I remember I was um, in, I think maybe I was in Canada. I'm trying to remember where I was, but there's like fire weeds and they're beautiful flowers and they only are show up in places where there's been a forest fire and it's just like you know we view these things these like winter forest fires these down times these times of almost like destruction and tearing things down like what you had in 2019 yep. <laughs> as as negatives as things that are gonna hold us back or that are wrong and we have to change when reality is, is all it is doing is setting the foundation for growth. And it's just like you said, you had to burn everything down because the foundation was not what it needed mm -hmm. to be for you. Yeah. I think about, I think about that example a lot of, um, of forest fires and like intentional and controlled forest fires as a way to create a more hospitable environment for new growth. Um, and like you said, like there's so much fear around destruction or pausing even. And um, I think that that's just such a one dimensional way to exist with like the only thing that we, mm -hmm. the only thing that you let yourself feel is, you know, the production and the summer and the prettiness. And um, it's like, there's so much, there's such a richer experience of life to be had if we sort of open our eyes to the other phases and the other parts of, of the rhythmic cycle. That's, it's so true. Um, I love it. So just to start wrapping yeah. up a little bit, because I feel like we could just I know. keep I'm like, going it's been for forever. <laughs> I know. Um, I love to wrap up my posts or my podcasts with like a nugget. Uh, it can be a quote. It could be inspirational. It could be something you do every day. Just like something that you is a nugget to share with the audience that you carry with you in your head yeah. and your heart. Yeah, I love that. I think what I would like to share is this idea that, and we, we've been talking about this sort of, that, that your whole life and all it dimensions are sacred and your life deserves to be lived on purpose. I think even in the spiritual world and, and people who, um, you know, have a connection with sacredness, there is almost this like compartmentalizing of like, okay, like this kind of listening to my body or like getting still like this belongs on my yoga mat or it belongs in my like goddess circles or in, you know, the five minutes a day that I like actually am, am meditating. And what I want to offer is that, you know, your whole life, you and your whole life are sacred and your sacredness and magic and connection to self 
um, deserves to be woven seamlessly into your schedules and your to-do lists and your whole life, not just something that you experience once in a while. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing and for taking the time today. So uh, what, what, are, what are you working on right now? Do you have spots available? Where can people find you? That yeah, sort of thing. Um, so I hang out mostly on Instagram. That's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. And I think Kelsey's going to link my Instagram in the show notes. But if you're just listening right now, it's Maya, M-A-Y-A underscore the letter B dot yoga. Um, and I do have a couple spots available for my one-on-one coaching program. I am um, working on right now, kind of like still indulging in that winter energy and showing up for the clients that I do have. And um, in the spring and summer, I'll have some new exciting offerings. And right now I am just honing in on um, my one-on-one client work because I find it so magical and impactful. So um I would love to connect with anyone who wants to learn more about what that looks like. Yes, I will definitely link all of your stuff in the show notes. And just thank you. This was awesome. I have loved getting to talk to you. We, we've interacted like here or there on Instagram, but it's been nice to actually have like a full conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on your podcast. And um, I know this is just the beginning of us continuing to connect more. Absolutely. Heck yes. (laughs) Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. Once again, my name is Kelsey. Please feel free to reach out with any feedback or reviews or any input that you have. Also, I would love to have you on a retreat in 2021. You can join me in California, Tulum, or Asheville. Just head to my website at getwildkelsey.com for more information. And I look forward to connecting with you and hopefully seeing you on a future yoga retreat.